All right, kiddos. You just heard an oldie but a goodie. Onyx with Slam. Harkens back to the days of when me and my co-host of Ride in the Pine, Mikey Rocco, used to do our college show back at Rhode Island College in the late 90s, early 2000s. We're back with another episode of the podcast that it's become now with another ridiculous Bill Belichick question. Well, kind of ridiculous, but anyway, take a listen. Tell us what you think. Mikey Rocco, are you on the line? I am. How are you, Vinny? Happy holidays. Second time's the charm. Happy holidays to you too, sir. Thanks. (laughs) How's it hanging there, buddy? Good. Did some travel with the Littles. They did really well with it. We're super lucky that they're easygoing little dudes. Define the Littles for our audience, for our huge audience out there. Who are the Littles? I have two 18-month-old boys. They are fraternal twins. And last year we brought them up for Turkey Day, but they were only, you know, six months old. This time being a year and a half, you know, it's a total different bag of tricks. It's, you know, each one of them is learning a new word every day and now they're mobile. So you can't contain them, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all over the joint and they're exploring the world. And they're also really adorable and they show their personality a little bit more every day. So they catch off guard. So it's just cool to travel up to New England, be with the fam, show them off. Because, you know, when you see them once every six months, your mind is blown. They're like a totally different person every six months. Oh, yeah. You're obviously, you know, you have your own young family that you're experiencing that with. As well as the tease of the year, Vin, with your turkey in the oven post on Facebook. Oh, Oh my gosh. That created quite the furor over at the Gambuto household. uh, I'll tell you, it created quite the furor in my uh, extended family and my wife's family. Did they lose their minds? Did everybody fall for this? And for those that don't follow Vinny on Facebook, the image was a sonogram with the words, uh, we've got some big news. We've got a turkey in the oven. And the no, it wasn't even a turkey. It was, I, I just said we've got, we've got one in the oven. Big news, we've got one in the oven with, a, with the sonogram. Go ahead. And the image on the sonogram is most obviously a dead, cooking, headless, turkey with drumsticks it's not a human fetus it's a turkey (laughs) also also we should note that i've uh, as my facebook memories have pointed out to me over the last couple days this this is the either the third or the fourth year that i've posted this same image on facebook with the same type of headline incredible right it really is april fools apparently (laughs) also i didn't invent this uh i the, of course not. The image it's, it's, was taken from. I've other seen it places. elsewhere. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure I saw this on MySpace back in 2003. <laughs> let's just say that. Let's also say that uh, on April Fools, this wouldn't work, and really on Thanksgiving, uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't work on Thanksgiving Day. It shouldn't. It shouldn't work. But I, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Similar but different. There's a video out there from maybe a couple of years ago, and it's a mother and a father. It's obviously a family, and they have like three daughters. Mm-hmm. And they finished cooking Thanksgiving turkey, so they pull it out of the oven. And the father hands one of the younger three daughters the tongs as if to say, well, let's pull the, the stuffing out. So the younger three girls start going to work on the turkey, and then something is interfering with you know, clearing out the turkey. And the father takes over and pulls out a smaller, like, Cornish hen (laughs) and says, oh, no, the turkey was pregnant. And all three girls, and these girls are like 10, 14, and 16. Like, they are of age. All three of them freak out in different ways. One is shock. One stomach turns and leaves the room. The other gasps at you know, this thought that they killed a small turkey family, right. not just a bird. Right. And meanwhile, you know, turkeys <laughs> lay eggs. And it's also, so right, I'll, and it's I'll also headless, it right? It's also headless. You. Yes, I'll find it and share with you. It, too, is also headless and well-prepared <laughs> for ovening. But it was so great. It's, it's yeah. one of my favorites. That's great. Um, Maybe yeah. that, that'll be next year. That'll be next year, maybe. Um, But, yes, 
um, uh, many, many people. Look, uh, you know, they offered congratulations and um, which wow. was, you know, very nice, very commendable and nice. But it, the point of it was, and as I noted on, on my comment on the post after a while, that that's what Facebook is for, is is for this type of thing. And, um, and I can tell you that there was even, you know, there were some people under the age of 50 that, uh, were fooled. One that I ran into on Monday that still, <laughs> that still, I, I saw in person and still said, congratulations, by the way. <laughs> and I said, Oh, thank you. We ate the whole thing. You know, and I, and I love this person. She's amazing. She's, she's a great person. And I wasn't trying to, my goal was not to make people feel stupid or anything like that. And I hope she, I hope she's, she's, she was cool with it. She seemed to laugh it off. So I, I was just very like, it was, you know, it was definitely just a joke, a turkey and all that. So, um, I, you know, if people hate me, I, there's nothing I can do. Look, there's a, clearly a picture of a, of a turkey. I, <laughs> I don't know. The what best to part say. is, like three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, you're going to be getting packages with like socks and burp rags, <laughs> a box of diapers, and you're you're going to live with this one for half of 2018. Oh, and don't think that a year from now, when Facebook Memories pops up with this image again, and all these people that commented on it, that I won't add a comment so it appears in all their feeds again. To remind remind them of or to fool well, them. Well, the again. best part is that there will always be someone that thinks to themselves, "Man, that Vinny, he just he's growing his family." <laughs> oh, yeah, we we again? are in family growth mode. FYI, anyone out there? Is um, he married to a hamster? <laughs> boom, boom, boom! We are done. Boom. We are yeah. after Valentina, my my, my littlest four year old here. Yeah, we're done. Where she's the end. She's. <laughs> She's she's enough. So, yeah. hey, what we usually talk about here, aside from family and holidays and fake turkey posts. That's right, Ben. Thank you for reminding me. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. welcome to Scorpion, Scorpion Monthly. Monthly. That's right. We have amped up our <laughs> broadcast to, to match your weekly demand, Scorpions Weekly. And we want to thank our, our listeners for making us the go-to for both domesticated and wild scorpion Q&A. So, Vin, let's go to the mailbag like we promised last week. What is the first question for Scorpions Weekly? Question one, which scorpions are worse? The gray ones, the brown ones, small or large? I think, you know, it's such a deep question. You have to spend time with these animals they're such amazing animals. They're so intuitive. So to bring them down to a color, you know, which is something we're trying to avoid in our own country right. with our own kind. And in fact, Mike, let's just something let's, I, let's, I will not entertain it. Let's veer. Let's veer off. Scorpion lives matter. Let's let's veer doesn't off matter what color you the are. Scorpion, the scorpion. Type All for scorpions just are important. All scorpions are important. I Next know question. that I know that a lot of people have tuned in for Scorpion Weekly now, um, but. But we also want to t- just touch on just touch on uh, some 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 football topics, some football topics that that we yeah, since the Q since the mailbag for Scorpions Weekly is so poor, I think we need a break. Let's step away from the day in day out lives of Scorpion management and into sports. Yes, and and speaking of stinging, nothing has stung worse. In this NFL season, then you guessed it. Eli Manning feeling the sting ah! from Bob McAdoo. Oh, no. What's his name? Ben, ben Cobra, McAdoo. Cobra ben sting. McAdoo. I, his his ah, first name doesn't even matter if you don't ah, know his first name because the guy's going to be fired. Ah, He's, ah, yeah. Actually, he may not be fired. I, he may still be the coach at, at, for next year given the way that the upper – Cobra, upper, upper, <laughs> echelon of giants, the front brass, the, the big brass there, and supported him. So, if you haven't heard, uh, Eli Manning, the golden, the golden boy, the the golden child, the chosen one in New York, um, who has had a penchant for destroying the Patriots in the Super Bowl, destroying their their hopes and dreams. Um, Eli Manning has been benched. Uh, he. 
let just to make it accurate, Mike. Uh, you know, if, if you hadn't heard this part, uh, he was given the chance uh, by Coach McAdoo to he was given the option to to start the game and then get pulled uh, for either one for Geno Smith for former Jet Geno Smith. So I know I have a lot to say about this. I I think you do too. What what is your initial reaction to Eli Manning getting benched by the Giants? I'm like overwhelmed with stupidity. First of all, I'm disappointed that you didn't make the reference of, if you haven't heard this yet, you're probably a scorpion living under a rock, <laughs> but we'll move past that easy layup, okay? Yes. And let's get back to instead the downfall of one of the greatest organizations in American troops. That's what this is. This is, this is the Mara family who've been there way too long just really driving this into the ground. Look, uh, beyond my feelings for Coughlin versus McAdoo a year ago, my concern coming into this year was when, when Odell Beckham Jr. went down with an injury and they immediately showed just complete incompetence on offense. You knew that their offense was unbalanced and it was too much about one player. And they just didn't, draft well and they they didn't do enough self-scouting so i don't think they had enough organizational self-awareness to admit that they were masking a lot of problems with the eli to beckham jr connection because otherwise why would you sign a guy like brandon marshall right who's got a little bit left in the who also got hurt he's a headache you know so that so they first of all they I think their offense was flawed regardless of who got hurt and whatever, uh, because it just was too focused on one player. That being said, Manning played, I thought really well last year, despite an up and down season with the, the head coach transition and a lot of new pieces, a lot of new players. It's, it's insane. He might be other than why a tittle, the best, the second best player. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put, I don't know, they have so many great players, right? Y.A. Tittle, Frank Gifford. Lawrence um, Taylor. Frank... Yeah, Lawrence. I mean, so if you're saying I, players. I guess, yeah, players, I guess yes. It's, it's a, but, but, you know, it's great. I'm naming a player from, like, every decade, you know? And the problem with, you know, you can't compare a player from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s to 80s. It gets too murky. So you're just you're just going to put him up there in the clouds with, well, he's one of their top three or four players ever. So I don't like I don't like this because a I don't think the reason why they're so bad is solely not on at Eli all. Manning. I don't I don't believe that. And to make a mockery of a streak and to offer a player to placate a player and allow them to achieve something that's meaningful to so many other and do players, it every week. Un- <laughs> under those circumstances is it that to me exposes how wrong of a fit Ben McAdoo is as a head coach in the NFL. So I don't know. They announced it today. The backlash has been nuts. There's a strong chance that this may get reversed, but I, I, if they were going to move on from Eli Manning, which is what they are planning on doing, it is shocking to me that they're making this decision now when just three weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago, you had a market for Jimmy Garoppolo. It is conceivable that if an organization was planning responsibly, mm-hmm. they'd say to themselves, well, look, if we get to the middle of the season and we're one and seven, we're moving that guy there would be some sort of market for Eli. You ship him off, and then, then you don't have to deal with it. But now it's just – it's farting in an elevator. Everybody's trapped. Nothing's going to change until the door opens and everybody gets to the floor they want to go to. It's just – it's a train wreck. It's, it's horrible. I, I am a Patriots fan. I wish Eli Manning were never born, but I respect the guy. He's, he's every bit as tough as Tom Brady. He takes all the shots. The guy does make all the throws. He's in fantastic physical shape given his age, right? Because I think Tom Brady's warping how we view players in their mid to late 30s. I, I just think he's a victim of circumstance. And to pin it all on him, which is essentially what this move has done, is absolutely deplorable. 
Good points. I, I, I would agree with most of what you said. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, look, he's had some great moments. He's had some really good years. He's also had some really, really poor moments and really poor years. Um, some his fault, some not. This year was, has not been his fault. He's got no, no, nothing around him. Um, no running backs. He's got one, one pretty good young rookie tight end. Um, no running backs really to speak of. Offensive line is horrible. No wide receivers to speak of. So I, I don't know. You know, if now look conspiracy theory, you could go with the route of maybe they recognized that they were going to need to move on at some point, so they didn't. They didn't really increase the um, the skill players around him on purpose, you know. They Ben McAdoo wanted to move on now. So I listened to uh, a bunch of other podcasts too. Obviously, I know you do too. One I listened to tonight on the way home uh, was on it's it's on the Ringer Network. It's called they call it GM Street, but it's Michael Lombardi, former Patriots, you know, uh, guy. Sure, he's a yeah. check crony for sure super smart guy um he's been in the nfl forever he was he was roasting this and one thing that he pointed out that i hadn't heard anyone bring up yet all day was the fact that ben mcadoo has that job as head coach of the giants because not just odell beckham but also eli manning went to bat heavily and got they wanted him as coach of the Giants. They went to yeah, bat right. for him in the offseason because, like, apparently the Eagles were hot and heavy for McAdoo. And so McAdoo had this leverage, and he could the Eagles were ready to hire him, but Manning and Odell went to the, the Mara family and were like, hey, we want this guy. He, he was the offensive coordinator under Coughlin, and which so makes sense, right? So, um, so they went to bat for him, and that. Yeah, there's a natural transition. Right, makes sense. Just like as Patriots fans, we are looking ahead to the time when it's possible that Belichick retires and Josh McDaniels takes over as the head coach, right? I mean, we, that, that conversation has happened a million times among Patriot fans already, I can tell you. So whether right, right or wrong. But with this, just that is an amazing piece of information to, to be out there. Yeah, it's nuts. Look. Here's what's happening. He's done. McAdoo well, wait, wait, wait. Done. Before, wait, before okay. you say that, before you keep going on that, th- think about this too. Because there's, there's not a way that this whole thing would be happening today without the backing of the ownership. So I don't know that he's done. I think that they're behind him. Oh, oh no. I, I, see, I disagree. I, you think that, they, that he's doing this without their, their approval? Vinny, he is the fall guy. Nobody wants to be the legend killer. Look what happened when Bill Belichick in Cleveland tried to put Bernie Kosar to bed. Bernie Kosar, yeah. who essentially and then they cut him. has done nothing yeah. compared to Eli. Yep. Okay. So, so that there's a little bit of this here going on where it's like, okay. McAdoo has proven beyond a doubt to me and many in New York City that he does not have it. And Odell Beckham Jr., his transcendent abilities, he masked a lot of problems. And man, oh man, that injury has exposed McAdoo. McAdoo's the fall guy. They know that Eli Manning's at a point here where it's like, you know, do you invest in another three-year contract or you know, pay a premium for a performance that you you just don't know what's going to happen? Or do you rip the Band-Aid off, start the rebuild process, because you're already aiming for a top three pick in the NFL draft? I, I think that they've given him marching orders, and they're, and, and they're looking at all reasons why performance is poor. They're trying to make an example out of Manning. And you you wait and see. At the end of the year, that, that locker room's, like, done. Like, any veteran players – 
who have played with, especially Coughlin and McAdoo over the course of the last. Well, he's already had years. his problems with the. You've got to get rid of them. They're like done. They're done. Like, like they're gonna hit the reset button in totality. So I, that's what I think is going on. But I do want to say this, uh, or ask you this: if if Eli Manning's career ended right now, is he a Hall of Famer? Let me preface this by saying that he, he it, it won't be over right now. He definitely will. Uh, the the leader in the clubhouse is got to be the Jaguars. I, I think that's absolutely possible that that'll happen um, with Coughlin there too. But you think Jaguars? See, I think Broncos. Ha ha ha. I mean, Coughlin's in Jacksonville, and they need a quarterback, and they have a very good defense. They have Fournette. They have they'll have good receivers coming back next year. I I think that would that would be the e- Eli Manning puts his orange jersey on, calls his brother, and says, "Hey, I know a great place you can play." Yeah, I I don't I mean sure they would be potentially in the running I guess I, I just Arizona, oh my gosh they'd love yeah it. but they, like, I think Arizona would be used for leverage if anything uh, I I just I feel like look Eli Manning has a tie has a has a strong tie to Coughlin he he did not you can know I... he 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 was he was close with Tom Coughlin so can I oh, can wait, I flip so the let table me here question I... yes he's a Hall of Famer one because he he's a Giants I, I... quarterback. Uh, two because he's won two Super Bowls and he beat Tom Brady twice and Bill Belichick twice and it's and they beat the eighteen and zero at the time team. I I definitely think he's a whether it's a first ballot or not I don't know but he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. There's no question. He's going to have all the a lot of a lot of numbers to go with it. He's still still playing now. He's going to add to the what he's got now. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, it reminds me of the Jordan era in NBA history where players were evaluated based on how well they performed against Jordan and the Bulls during sure. their prime or not even their prime during their, their entire spoiler alert. They all lost. And they, <laughs> yeah, they all lost. Yeah. But you know, uh, there were some playoff appearances by the Bulls that ended in failure. Not with Jordan. You know, and, and... One, one, well, with Jordan. But... <laughs> well, you said none. You're one just, with Jordan one. when he look, came look, look, back that one I don't want to make this an NBA yeah, conversation. It, this is not an NBA. My yes. point is, if you were to rank the top three Davids to the Goliath, that is the Patriots. Number one is Eli yes. Manning. Yes. Right? Number two is Peyton Manning. And number three is, we'll just call it, we'll just say, Ray Lewis or the Baltimore Ravens, whatever. And really, Manning, like like Eli Manning, had two moments, and and they're big moments, yeah. right? Like history altering moments. Paint Manning had a couple moments, but a ton of opportunities, ton mm-hmm. of opportunities. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you got us in the two thousand. Six AFC championship game, and then you got us when you were at the Broncos a couple times, eh, you know. And then, then there's we'll just call it the Ravens defense, right? And even then, they had a they they had a lot of opportunities, but they only really beat the Patriots three times. But two of those were at home in Gillette mm-hmm. Stadium in the playoffs, so they really mm-hmm. hurt. So I, all I'm saying is, if you're going to evaluate them through the, a similar lens, which is perfectly fair. Eli Manning is really the only guy that got the best of Tom Brady and the Patriots, regardless of the, the number of opportunities, because the moments were just enormous. Yeah, he came through against – well, and against Belichick. I mean, he's playing against a, a, the defense, so he's, he's playing against a Belichick, you know, for all intents and purposes, led defense, because you know Belichick has his hands in everything, but especially the defense, because he's a defensive guy by, by nature. Um, so – you know he he beat the he is the quarterback that beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, and one of the times was to ruin their undefeated greatest team of all time season. So no, I mean, look, the, I don't think there's even going to be a question because again, I he's he's one of the guys that he's gonna he has numbers already, and he's gonna have more numbers. So statistically, he's gonna fit within the era among the other quarterbacks. He's going to compare very favorably. He's had a couple of seasons where he's had horrible interception numbers, but it's not going to be enough to, to like taint it. I just, my guess is first ballot hall of famer, 
I wouldn't bet my life on it because I could see some people voting against it, but that's what we're picking nits now. So um, here, the other point I, I want to bring up with you too is think back, think back to, I want to say 2001 um, NFL draft, Philip Rivers, and Eli Manning. Thank you. I, I was going to bring this up, but please take us there. <laughs> I, I honestly haven't heard anyone else. This is like the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this whole thing. It's like, number one, if, if you're the, the Chargers organization or the city of, well, I guess San Diego at this point, um, but really the Chargers organization, you're kind of laughing, right? You're like, ha, this, this is great. Like, this is like karma 16 years later coming back this is yeah i mean i get your point like ha 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 you know be careful what you wish for but this this was a long wait yeah and look i'm saying this to be to be funny like it's ultimately it's eli manning who has the last laugh the guy again won two super bowls is going to be a hall of famer all that i'm just saying it's like he's i think he's making 21 million yeah he's rich right all this stuff but it's just funny it's funny to see and Philip Rivers never won a title. The Chargers never beat the Patriots when they were supposed to. Never went to the Super Bowl even. So, I mean, Eli Manning definitely won this. What I'm saying is right now, right at this moment, it's, it's just kind of funny to see this happen to him. This is the devil's advocate side of it. Well, well to your point, okay, fine. You want to play in New York? <laughs> You're going to play in New York, which means, look, New York, Boston, even LA, right? They eat their children alive. I mean, there's unless you are of Tom Brady, Larry Bird, you know, David Ortiz stature, you know, they will eat you alive. And and this is what we're saying. Although New York, you pick your place, and it's brutal and vicious. And oh yeah, those two Super Bowls, whatever you suck yeah. now, move on. It, it's brutal. Although the it's city brutal. of New York is livid. Giants fans are livid. There, none, not one. You will not find one happy fan of the Giants right now over this situation. They all want McAdoo gone. This is this is suck for luck. <laughs> this is suck. For Except luck. there's no luck. They're Except like, there's look, no luck. Look, we. Well, they they may think differently. I, I, I hate to break it to you, but there's this trend in the NFL where these teams fall in love with a QB prospect, and they'll do whatever they can to sign them and, and thrust them right. Yeah, into you're the talking about a top, in the next a top pick, like a top one or two pick. When when Andrew Luck was the at that time, Andrew Luck was the obvious going into it can't miss prospect. This year, there is not one of those. At, at Look, if they if they have if they have a good scouting team, they, no, no, no. You know, I'm not talking about that. What I'm, what I'm saying out. is that at that time, for luck, it was obvious. It was just obvious. It was a can't miss. It was a generational type of guy. There's there's not one of those players here in the that's going to be available in the draft. I don't care what your scouting department. Well, is. you that's that's your nope, opinion. That's consensus. And you don't know that. That's that's your opinion, and you don't know that. And every year, somebody gets drafted where nobody thinks they should go, and it and it it's happening more and more. But I'm not talking about that, Mike. I'm talking about all. No, I'm, I'm saying, talking about right now. There's all not a guy. I'm saying is they're protecting a draft pick. They're pro- sure. they're protecting because they're it's an protecting asset. a draft yeah. pick. They're like, I'm gonna march twenty-one million dollar Eli Manning out there. Let's say, you know, right now the situation seems very clear. They suck. McAdoo sucks. Their players all suck. Okay, it makes a lot of sense to hit the reset button. Let's say they win five of their next, however many they won't, games but are go left. Ahead. That that just screws up everything, right? Now we're in the middle of the draft. Now Manning played relatively well, and he had a couple moments this season. So you're kind of stuck in. The oh, if he you know, still played, you mean? Thing. Oh, yeah, okay. you know. So so I'm saying they're benching him because they're like, look, right now we're in we're in the top three. Assuming we just, you know, get crushed the rest of our schedule because we throw some tackling dummy out there to, to quote unquote, develop, you know, we'll be set up for a great draft, regardless of who's in it or not, regardless of whether we use the picks this year or punt to next year and trade to get more value, blah, blah, blah. But I think they're protecting a draft pick. It's horrible. They're protecting a pick. That's why I say suck for luck. There's no no quarterback du jour. But – 
but you know, the worst place in the NFL to be is eight, right. and eight seven and nine. Right? It's it's perfect. Well, you notice you notice they waited to make this announcement until after the week they lost they lost their ninth game. Don't don't discount That's that brutal. because because they were they were two and eight coming into this past week, and mm-hmm. I mean eight and eight, just just realistically eight and eight in the NFC this year is is highly highly likely to be a wild card spot at eight and eight. So if that I really think just there, it can't be a coincidence that after they lost this game this past week to to be to to have nine losses that this is when they make this announcement. It, it just cannot be a coincidence. They were, they were like, they just want to make it so, so like there was no chance of any sort of playoff run with anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, it really hurts about that 2007, 19 and 0 debacle is I'm fairly certain that Giants team was nine and seven. And their first playoff game was a road game against the Jeff Garcia-led Buccaneers. So maybe there is this perverse logic in their minds. They're like, look, the NFC East is the toughest division every year, regardless of what the records are. Just because of the, the owners, the dedication, that they turn over their rosters like crazy. They always attract the big names because they're big market teams. So nine and seven in that division is like you know eleven and five in any other division. And I, I kind of well, but they're not going to win a division this year. Part of their memory. No, no. It's it, but to your point, like yeah, they hung on. Right yeah, wild card. End and right when they realized, okay, well, we're not going to win anything this year. And yes, both both years that they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they entered as a wild card team and won three road games. Oh God, my my balls <laughs> ache talking about this. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the to the question, the, the the fun Belichick question that we're we're doing on a regular basis now. Um, we you yes, our question of the week is: If Bill Belichick had a pet scorpion, yep, yep, what yep, genus yep, would it yep. be? Vin, take it away. Here's the real question. The real question is this, and it's it's not super out there because we've actually we've actually gone through this for a year. Um, and even a, another couple games last season. Uh, the question is, what quarterback could be placed on the Patriots for a season and still win a Super Bowl under Belichick? And not just any quarterback. We're going back to the, like the loser level. What, what's, who's the worst quarterback that you could put in that would still be able to uh, be led to a title, be coached up by Belichick uh, to to win the Super Bowl. So we we saw the level uh, that Matt Castle had the, had brought the team to back in 08, uh, 09 season, whatever you want to call it. Uh, after Brady went down, he they almost made the playoffs. They won eleven games, and they really probably should have made the playoffs, but they didn't. So that's the facts. Uh, last year. They replaced Brady during his suspension with a combination of Garoppolo and Brissett. And then Brady came back, and then they won the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Mike, what is there someone that you could come up with in your brain that you think – and I'm not saying who's the worst quarterback in the league and throw them on the Patriots. I'm saying what level, like what's the cutoff point of bad quarterback play that – could still take the Patriots to a Super Bowl title under Belichick. Are you talking present? Yes, I'm talking this player. season. I'm, t- I'm talking like right now, if if Brady didn't play this season starting week one with the team they have this year, who who could they throw in that still would give them a, a fighting chance at least at minimum to win the Super Bowl? Mm. And I can go first mm. if you want. Yeah, fire so, away. Um, I think, and, and this is a little bit of hindsight being 2020 after seeing how he's played this year. I think the, the worst level quarterback that could be placed in there, I think Josh McCown, uh, could be put on the team and manage the team enough under McDaniels and Belichick to win a Super Bowl. 
He's not the worst quarterback in the league. He's not the best. He's he's barely in the middle. Uh, the guy is on the Jets, and he's yeah, throwing for 300 McCarthy, yards a game, but he's throwing – His career – yeah, his career is really – Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like this season, right now, the guy, he's got experience. He's a veteran. You know, is, is he, he – he can throw he can throw the ball. He's doing it on the Jets with – they have – you know, they don't have much, to be honest. They have a couple guys that can get down the field. But what he, what he does is he throws these horrible interceptions at key points in the game. <laughs> Which yes, that's called that's called Cordell Stewart Titus. I mean, but McCown. Every time I've seen him, his highlights or see him play against the Patriots this year, he did it. Um, at the end of the game, they were kind of starting to drive, barely started to drive, and I literally said to the person next to me, "Here comes some Josh McCown interception to end the game." Boom, done. I think it was Malcolm Butler. I think picked them off. <laughs> you know, br- you know, M- Brian Hoyer is similar in the yeah. sense that, you, you know, the name doesn't create fear. If anything, it's like but he knows uh, the system. Right? He's, he's one of those meh guys. But Brian Hoyer has like a forty-one and thirty lifetime record as a right. starter, which is impressive considering how many players come in the league and just get mulched alive. And his other statistics aren't too shabby. You know, the guy's thrown for tens of thousands of yards, and I'm pretty sure he has a positive, you know, touchdown to interception ratio. So uh, that's that's hey, that's, that's a good that one. is a good one. Yeah, and 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 he's he's a Belichick guy. They brought him back this year. Mm-hmm. I, we we all knew it as soon as as soon as the 49ers cut him. Once they traded for Garoppolo, it was a foregone conclusion. We even we even said it. I think on on this show. That they were gonna just snap up Hoyer. It was it was almost like a trade, a, a non-trade trade. I forget what the 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 difference is. There was some sort of technicality with the difference between trading Hoyer and then releasing him outright. I, I can't remember. It's got to be. But... I bet it's contract related. I bet it's money. It, it there was some sort of technicality, yeah, and I, which I would make total sense, right? I mean, but... shocker, Belichick and the Patriots, you know, were able to work a deal where they got <laughs> got a guy that they they're good with for like you know nothing. Maybe the you know what it might be is if they cut him or traded him. I bet you it's it's if if they traded him, the Patriots would have to pay his salary. And if they and if they cut him, then the 49ers pick up the the salary the rest of the season still, something like that. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what it is. It it was. I, I can't remember what it was, but they they had, they had identified it within the Boston media. But you know, I I want to point out you went really low, like you went deep. Oh, I don't even think I went super part. low. I think there's much worse guys. There. Well, you're trying to answer the question. Yeah. Honestly, you know, you know, it's a fictional question, <laughs> but, but look, I, see, I think Belichick's albatross is the quarterback position. And there's this question that always gets asked in new England. What come first, the chicken or the egg, you know, who needs who more Belichick sure. or Brady? And I, I think Brady, I, I think Brady would be a star on any team because it's pretty clear that his work yep. ethic and his durability are things that travel where Belichick, if you look at his career, you know, in Cleveland, he really struggled to figure out the quarterback situation. And when he didn't have a healthy player at that spot, he was compromised. And then when he came to new England, he went five and 11 with Bledsoe and, and Bledsoe came off a stretch where he went to the super bowl. And then he went three years. I think they went 11 and five, nine and seven, and then finally eight and Pete Carroll in Pete yeah. Carroll's final and third year. So he did very poorly. He, I, I want to say he went five and 13 with Bledsoe because Bledsoe lost the first two games yep. of the year. So the other example would be Matt Castle, right? So that was that rare glimpse of, okay, how would a backup quarterback play, uh, you know, for Belichick? And he went 11 and five, which is impressive. However, you could argue he had the best offense in his sure. hands, right? So 
you've got sure. Matt Castle with Randy Moss in his prime, Wes Welker in his Good prime. offensive line. A fantastic uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Good defense. So it's like – it's discounted, yep. right? But more concerning than that against Matt Castle and against Belichick as a quarterback guru, which I do not believe no. he is, is the fact that he lost to his peers. So there was a three-way 11-5 and five tie, and the Patriots were the odd mm-hmm. man out. So they lost to their peers. So they weren't competitive in that sense, as nuts as that sounds. But I believe that Belichick needs a really capable player at that position, a Pro Bowl-level player. And the player that I think Belichick would just turn into a, a totally different quarterback and somebody who I think has had an amazing career without really doing anything is Oh, Phillip man. Rivers. Yep. Philip Rivers is a take control, take charge kind of guy, but I don't think Philip Rivers has ever played for a coach that that really made him right. better. He has other than like, uh, yeah, Norv Turner. You know, I, I think Norv Turner was that offensive genius, and when you look at Norv Turner's time there, that those were some of their best offensive. You know, uh, he's years a quarterback guru at, at the franchise. Yeah, so I, I feel like you know. Philip Rivers is again. You talk about Eli Manning, right? Same draft class, same thirty-five years old. The Chargers are five and six. They look like they were dead in the water. The Chiefs are drowning uh, on on just you know they they totally coughed away a five-game yep. lead, and now it feels like it's totally shifted. There's all this pressure on the Chiefs. They're they're holding on, you know, by uh, uh, the thinnest of margins, and the Chargers are coming on. Gangbusters, and they're getting some really impressive wins, and their offense is clicking. And we've seen Philip Rivers do this a bunch of times, but Rivers never turns the corner and just becomes so consistent. Where you know Brady has like one or two bad games a year, and the year they don't go to the playoffs is usually the year one of those two games happens in Mm -hmm. the playoffs. You know, but Rivers has a bad game every three weeks. And whenever they get momentum, he just crushes it. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's coaching I, because I've been watching Phillip Rivers now for, what, 15 years? And he, he has not changed a whole lot in the last eight years. He, there was that time where he deferred to LT and it was a run-based offense. And then the league became even more pass-happy than it had ever been before. And he started to really evolve into the gunslinger. But he has just—he's just stalled. He's a very productive player, but situationally, he just never converts consistently to actually win games. And that's why they too are always eight and eight, nine mm-hmm. and seven, seven and nine. It's—it's it's, so that's my pick. Yeah, the, a lot of good points. I, the thing that would that would sway me against Rivers, although I like I like that argument. I I respect that pick. Um, he he would definitely have to bottle up some of that emotion. Um, he he flies off the handle at his teammates like crazy. Now you could say if he was on the Patriots, like that type of stuff wouldn't happen. As but it does sometimes. Stuff they mess up. <laughs> well, was was Philip Rivers the other half of? a sideline altercation with Jay Cutler when Cutler was with the Broncos. Wasn't there a game where the two of them are like screaming at each other? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I, he, he screams at his own teammates. But to your point, he, he's totally a hothead. And, and Brady's a maniacal hothead too. The difference is, you know, he's usually venting and bullying refs in between players. He'll yell at players. Not he, taking anything well, away from, I mean, you know, the next look, play. Brady yells at his, at his guys too, but it's not, it's, it's not like, Rivers seems to do it so often that there's no way that he's always in the right. <laughs> Brady, Brady does it like when you're watching the game, you know, like he's yelling at the offensive line to be like, "Hey, you guys are killing me," and it, you know it as 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 a fan because he's on his back the whole game. So you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's rightfully so, and and even at that, it's it's not like like Rivers taking his helmet off, screaming at. The, the bench, the sideline, like, so again, I mean, a lot of that would be exacerbated, not exacerbated, would be, would be removed because the mistakes would be down, different, different coaching, different all that. 
So I, I'm not, I'm not saying that's. I, I like every that. time, every time they hire a head coach, I have no idea who it is. <laughs> so to your point, like, like honestly, like it was Marty Schottheimer, Norv Turner, and the last three guys they've hired. I had no idea who the the current guy was, M- Mike McCoy. I didn't know who the hell he was. <clears throat> they just, you know, consistently. Who's don't their coach find right now? The right guy. Some guy that looks like he should be playing. <laughs> I haven't watched one game of theirs this, this season. But Philip Rivers, you know, as underwhelming as as he is, he's had Antonio Gates, the Danian Tomlinson, yep. and a host of Pro Bowl receivers. I mean, they have had some really good players come through that city. Look, they 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 missed they missed their window to to kind of put a put a wrap on this part, but. They they definitely missed their window. There was a year or two there where the Patriots were, yeah, it's two thousand down. They went fourteen. They were two. the favorites. They had all the pieces, and literally, Schottenheimer got out coached twice. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, Tro- Troy Brown. Troy Brown won won a game for the Patriots basically, uh, and and playing cornerback also or or nickelback or whatever. It was, it was embarrassing. Like it was, and Schottenheimer was gone soon after. Like Belichick was a huge factor coaching wise in those games, and and also Ladanian Tomlinson failed to show in those games, and a lot of that could be attributed to the defense that the Patriots played on him. And one game he just quit. So you you are referencing the two thousand six upset victory. Of New England at San yeah, Diego. Yeah, they were not and supposed to win that game. You, you no, know, not at all. And you fingered Troy Brown playing defensive back. You do realize the key play yes. in that game was when he was on. Yes, offense, he fumbled or right? got, he fumbled the ball. Somebody fumbled. I can't remember who, but somebody fumbled, and the Chargers recovered and they Running. started, you know, starting around oh. the field. And Brown poked. He it grabbed it from the guy. And yeah, that, yeah. But he, he also, I, I. I believe that was also the season where in the playoffs he was playing some uh, defensive back. He was oh, doing yeah. both. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tangent, but it's relative to your pick of Phillip Rivers. I, 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 I like that pick. Yeah, no, I, I did go a little. Yep. So, worse, so but... Vin, you know what that means? Let's get back into the Scorpion <laughs> mailbag. So yeah, I have another question here. All right, what do you got, Scorpion Weekly? Uh, it's from it's from Jennifer in uh, Mesa, here in Mesa, where I'm at, Arizona. Because all all of our mailbag questions come from Arizona, because naturally, oh, it's a Scorpion yeah. hotbed, man. But then we do have some questions that came from uh, Dubai. So, huh. uh, Q Q two here comes from comes from uh, Jennifer here in Mesa, and she wants to ask. Guys, how do you deal with a scorpion that is just so unruly? You know, it's funny. Uh, people don't realize that scorpions are very much like cats in the sense that they're their own person. You know, you can't say, scorpion, get my newspaper, and then he or she shows up in claw. Now, Scorpions are very independent. And with that said, it's important to shock them when you discipline them. So I'd recommend a water bottle. And when your scorpion is acting up, you know, just give him a little squirt and you'll see he'll straighten out right away. <laughs> they could be such dicks. Yeah. Shout at your scorpion. <laughs> like, you know. Scorpion, you are being such a prick. <laughs> Knock it off. Or you're going back into the desert. You know, most of them will ju- will will sting the hell out of you for doing that, but some will cower. Some will cower in fear. Yeah. Yep. They so that's will. that's the mailbag. That's the best questions that we have for Scorpion weekly or monthly or whatever that's interval great. we're at now. Great to great to hear the Dubai segment of the world is tuning in, and that you know that's what's so special about Scorpion Weekly, baby. It's a global podcast. Really, it's niche, but it's global. It's everywhere. You can't stop it. If we have one listener from every continent, we are global. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I I had someone send us an email from 
Australia from the outback. And they sent a picture that you don't even want to know what was going on with the scorpions there. Let me tell you. Oh, I, I thought you were going to tell me you got Spain. No, no, this was a, this is a real one. And like, Hey, I really like your podcast. Have you ever looked into Australian lending? Oh, <laughs> like, like uh, no, I, I did get one from uh, an Australian prince. Um, saying, you know, asking me if I wanted to invest in uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, it's surging right now. <laughs> Nothing going to go wrong with that, huh? Next week, n- next month, uh, we'll be opening a new podcast called uh, Bitcoin Monthly. Bitcoin Monthly, where we ask all your most important questions about this new and intriguing currency that will most likely bring down the global economy. Mike, it's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks, Vin, and thank you, listeners. Please have your Scorpion and Bitcoin questions ready for Scorpions Weekly and Bitcoin Monthly. And may I also add, please have your Scorpion spayed or neutered. (laughs) We can't have... Too many scorpions running around <laughs> on the planet, you know, just stinging the hell out of people for no reason. One dollar, Bob. One dollar. Babies having scorpion babies that are more lethal than the parents. Come on, guys. You know, I, you know, I took my family to Spain last summer, and I was disgusted with the amount of homeless scorpions just running wild oh in the God. streets. I mean, you go. You walk by a dumpster and they're just all over I'm the nev- place. I, I'm, you know? I, thanks for telling me. I'm, I'm never taking my family to that restaurant. The scorpion population was out of control. And it, part of it is what you're talking about, Bob Barker. Spain, so the restaurant, right? Not the country. Uh, whatever. Either way. Man. Yeah, so haven't spayed or neutered. Let's keep the scorpion population under control. Um, until next time, this is Mikey Rocco and Vincent Orlick saying... Bye-bye. All scorpion lives matter.